This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, pet friends. This is Michelle Fern, your host on Best Buds for Pets. And today, well, I normally tell you about some great product I have, you know, something new and fabulous I've discovered. But today, different type of show, all different. Wouldn't you like to know what goes on before the product's invented or what goes on from, I guess, the inventor's point of view, how a product you know, gets made? I would. So I would like to share all that with you. We're going to be right back with a very special guest. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Doggo Sud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to introduce Randy Jack. He's an inventor and animal expert and um, has done many amazing things. And um, I'd like to introduce him to all of you. So welcome, Randy. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. So, well, well, we're glad to have you. Now, normally on Best Bets for Pets, we're always talking about different types, you know, this product, that product, and, you know, for for dogs, for cats, mostly probably for dogs. And I know that a lot of people are probably wonder, a lot of pet parents out there probably wonder, who thought of this? Or how did they come up with this idea? And you know those answers because you're an inventor. So, before we get into my some of my questions that I'm burning questions, I can't wait to ask you, what is your background? Well, I'm a former county humane officer, and what that means on my job level was I investigated large and small animal abuse cases. I had full police powers, and I took a lot of courses in animal behavior, and I'm also a former co-owner of a boarding and grooming facility where we had five full-time groomers and we would board over the holidays over 100 animals. So I have an extensive background in animal behavior, knowing what they think and knowing what they like. Well, that makes a lot of sense because how can you invent something for, you know, a pet, and I'm assuming probably mostly dogs, if you don't understand them somewhat, right? Exactly. You have to know what they're thinking. And I think a lot of times when inventors, I'm, I'm contacted by inventors probably four or five times a week with invention ideas. And a lot of them don't work out because they don't understand how dogs think, what their needs are, and what's really safe for them to have in front of them. And you have to take all of those things into consideration when you're designing something for a small animal, say a dog or a cat. 
some of the things you mentioned are pretty interesting because you have to know what's safe for the dog or the cat, which mostly that most of our listeners have dogs and cats. Some have, you know, other amazing creatures, but for the most part, maybe pigs or rabbits or or ducks or parrots or something. But most of our um, listeners have dogs and cats. Is that what most of the products you've um, designed have been for? It is mostly dogs and cats and the majority for dogs. I'm just really getting into the cat industry right now. I understand the needs of both the dog and cat industry, but I've never really dove into the cat industry, but it's an exciting area that I want to get into. And I've already got seven or eight designs for that industry. That'll be extremely innovative for the dog industry. You know, I've owned dogs most of my life, always Siberian Huskies and German Shepherds. So, you know, the larger breed dogs. And as mentioned before, I've taken a lot of animal behavior classes. So, yeah, I understand the dogs a lot more than the cats. And and even uh, cat owners know that they're hard to understand. So it's a little bit more challenging. Yeah, absolutely. Because cats kind of, cats are there, they're bewitching to me. I'm still trying to figure them out. And I've, I've had dogs a lot longer than cats. But even my cats that are, I've had for 10 years that have found me, I'm still trying to understand. That's, that's Dennis for everyone that's listening. They've heard me talk about my crew. Dennis is my oldest cat. So let's think about this. So if you're thinking about designing a toy for a dog, what do you consider in order to get the dog's interest? Well, first of all, what I consider number one is their safety. So I want to use a product that's going to be safe, but yet work for that type of toy. And when you design a product, you can either have products for dogs and cats that you can have with the pet when you're not around. And then there's other products that you can only give to pets when you're around them all the time because there are some dangers. And and that's most of the lightweight plastic or rubber toys that may not always be safe to leave your dog with because if they're a heavy chewer, they're going to chew it, swallow it, and it's definitely going to cause some intestinal problems. So everything that I design, I try to design it to be 100% fail safe, whether the pet parent is with the dog or away from the dog, there should never be any worries. So that, that would be my number one concern. And I've had a lot of people with pet companies, owners of pet companies, and people that are in the business tell me that they feel that I can almost, I almost know what dogs are thinking. I know what cats are thinking. And I design with that in mind. I think it, it comes from my animal control background. So when I think of a product, I can actually envision it in my mind, a dog playing with it, whether it's a small chihuahua or it's a big German shepherd. I can see that dog play with it. And as they're playing with it, I can see the weaknesses of the toy and the strengths of it. And then I redesign and tweak off of what I see in my mind. It's kind of an interesting way. It's almost like I'm watching a TV of a dog playing with a toy that I'm trying to develop. And it's in real time and, and it's real to me. That's interesting. Of course, the top consideration for any toy that your pet has, of course, is safety. But after, you know, once you know it's safe, and and I agree with you as far as making sure that it's chewable for chewies or, you know, for chewers, it's, nothing's going to come apart, that sort of thing. So once you know that the product's safe, how do you design the product so that your dog is engaged? 
Well, it's kind of interesting because when I get the design down in my in my head, I joke with pet company executives that I deal with that I'm a construction paper, safety, scissors, and crayon inventor. And what that means is I don't do CAD drawings and I don't do prototyping. I have people do that for me. So I would send my, my second grade level drawings over to my CAD people and I would work back and forth with them and we would come up with a CAD, which is a computer animated drawing. And um, I would take a look at it again and make tweaks if needed. And then we go into the prototype stage. And when you're making these tweaks and, and designing it, what goes into your thoughts about, is, is this toy going to engage my pet? Because I know a lot of pet parents, when they're looking for something to get for their pets, as far as toys, one, of course, they always want it to be safe. That's a must. And then secondly, is my pet going to like it? Are they going to you know, chew on it, play with it, or am I just buying something and then they're not going to be interested? So what goes in your mind as far as how will they be engaged? When I design, I want something that's totally different. I don't want, if there's a rope going through a ball, I don't want to invent a bigger rope going through a bigger ball. When I look at something, if it's designed from, say, to operate from a center of a room on a floor, when I look at a product, I look at the pet's need. And then I design it from the ceiling of a room coming from the left top corner of the ceiling. In other words, everything I design is totally different than what's on the market already. I want to give the dog something that they've never seen before, and it can interact with them in a way that no other product does. So again, I usually go on the internet and I'll do a Google search and I'll look at all the products out there. And as I look at them, I have the ability to immediately pick them apart and see what their flaws are. And I'll start taking notes about what the flaws of the products are. And then I'll look at those flaws and then I'll just design something that corrects every one of those flaws. And if I can do that successfully, it's going to be a product that nobody else has ever come out with. That is really interesting. That's a great way of seeing things, I guess, from in your eyes, so to speak. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back. Right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Hey there, pet parents. Michelle Fern here. You know, as busy pet parents, we often forget about our own needs. And, you know, we need to take care of ourselves so we can reach our goals and make our lives that much more fulfilling. Well, there's something that is there to make it better for you, and that's called BetterHelp Online Counseling. You can connect with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment, and it's super convenient. You can use desktop, you can use mobile device, and it's iPhone and Android friendly. You can also use a video session. You can use chat or text, whatever you choose. They hook you up with one of their many counselors. They have over 3,000 licensed therapists across the United States. These licensed professionals specialize in depression, anger, family conflict, anxiety, insomnia, trauma, grief, they cover everything. Now, Pet Life Radio has a special discount for you. You'll save 10% off your first month with the discount code PETLIFE. Go ahead and connect with BetterHelp.com and start making your life even that much better. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> 
Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Andy Jeff. He is an inventor of pet toys, which is super interesting. So, Randy, you brought up so many great points and so much great information. I'm curious about this. I know that cats like to prey and, you know, predators, they like chasing and there's a lot of toys with that. I know dogs are chewers and they like to, you know, play fetch and that sort of thing. But what from your background um, in working with animals for so many years, what in your mind would you say is in the dog's mind when they get a toy that will intrigue them to get them entertained by a toy? I think it just has to do things that other toys don't do. It shouldn't roll across the floor evenly. It should be oblong. It should be sporadic in movement. You know, one mistake that people make about dogs is dogs are foragers. They love to hunt. They love to dig and they love to search. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind if you're developing a product for a dog, whether it's a a treat dispenser or whether it's a toy. Dogs are very similar to cats in that aspect where they do like to hunt for what they what they see. And that's why they're always getting up and walking around and looking out windows, because that's their nature. Dogs are hunters by nature, not only cats. So I want to give them something that they can interact with. And, it, you know, there's a trend in the industry right now where everything needs to be computerized or technology and mechanical. And I'm 60 years old. I've been inventing basically for 53 years of my life. So when I develop something, I'm kind of old school. I want it to be extremely innovative, but it doesn't need to be technology-based because I don't think it's 100% necessary to engage a dog or a cat. It can be a very simplistic design. It just has to be different and catch their attention. Those are some really great points. And, you know, you're right. We talk so much about how cats, you know, are you know they they're uh, predators and or and prey and they and all of this that we forget that you know dogs have some natural instincts like that as well. So those are great points. What would you say for someone looking you know when people are looking for toys to buy their dog because you or cat I know you you're you know mostly have worked with or developed dog toys, but what are some things that, you know, if you could just tell pet parents, watch out for this, this, and this. I know there's some obvious, like if there's any, you know, toys where an eye could come off or little pieces can come off and you have a chewer, don't get that type of toy. But what are some things that the pet parent might not know that you would like to warn them about when trying to choose a really good toy for their pet? Well, you know, as as far as the toy area of the pet industry goes, I've done a little bit of work in it. I haven't done an awful lot of work. Most of my work is in the grooming with grooming brushes, finishing tools. Um, It's in treat dispensers and treat holders. But I'm very familiar with a lot of the toys that are out there. And I think what I would look at is you can't always focus on price, especially when you're looking at the health of your pet. Because if it's really inexpensive, the materials used in it probably aren't going to be the best or the safest for your dog. They can come apart easy, like you mentioned, and break apart, and and the dog can choke and swallow small bits and pieces, which can lead to some extremely high surgeries, um, high-cost surgeries for the pet owner. So go with quality, and if your dog, you know, if you're playing, let your dog play with a toy outside, don't bring that toy inside. 
and also let it play with it indoors because it's picking up a lot of contamination out in the yard where it might go to the bathroom and then you're bringing it in your house. It's not the healthiest thing for your dog to be, you know, using a, a product outside and then bringing it back inside. That's a really interesting point. What now you said you had a lot of experience in grooming products. What are some great grooming products that every pet parent should have on hand? Oh, definitely, um, you know, two or three different types of brushes, depending on the time of year you're brushing, whether it's a wire bristle or just a, a soft bristle brush, whether you're going to use dematting pins to break up mats. You know, I, I would love to say all my products that I'm going to be coming out with, obviously, but you should have some good clippers available that are, are safe to use. You know, I do a lot of design and I'm working on some retractable leashes right now that are going to be extremely innovative to the pet industry and, and nail clippers for dogs and cats, where my clippers do things that no other products do on the market. So what you want to do is just, just get good quality products. It, it's almost like you're buying for your children and you don't want to get the cheapest thing on the market for your children. Well, your pets are your pet children. Right, of course. Of course, there are fur kids. Yeah, and they depend on you to take care of them 100%. You know, it's when I was a humane officer, I used to see some pretty horrible things. And, you know, when, when people get puppies and, and kittens, they love the puppies and the kittens unconditionally. And that puppy and kid never stopped loving the pet parent. Um, and it used to break my heart to see pet parents really give up on their puppies and kittens as they get older. So treat them like your kids and love them like your kids and, and buy them quality goods, whether it's food, whether it's clothing, if, if that's what you choose, or things to take care of them. Always go with good quality products. That makes a lot of sense. And in this case, for a lot of pet toys, it's, you know, quality over quantity because you know if you get like you mentioned if you get something that's cheap and not made well it's going to fall apart and i've seen even little dogs take some of these you know inexpensive toys and just pull them apart so quickly and then you have to go buy another one so it's not really a cost savings at that you know right. with that that in mind and um, I'd be really interested on your nail clippers because I think that's up there with brushing teeth as far as the, the least favorite thing of all pet parents. Would you agree brushing teeth and, and cutting nails? 100%. And the design that I have for these clippers that are going to be coming out very soon, when I talked to a few industry insiders about what my product would do, both of the people said it was impossible to design a clipper that would do what I wanted to do. And I designed it. So I'm pretty excited about it. And yes, I agree. And, and a lot of pet parents are really cautious with clipping nails because they don't want to go too deep into the nail and cause bleeding. So yeah, it's, it's a huge issue. You know, another area where people, you know, can really use some common sense with, with good products also is, you know, you're talking about treat dispensers, which are really hot on the market right now. And I just designed a wobble type treat dispenser for a company and my main concern in doing this was people need to think that if they're putting actual treats in these treat dispensers, they need to weigh the calories that are going in that treat dispenser against the calories that they're giving their dog. In other words, if you're giving, you know, 50 or 60 calories in a treat dispenser, you need to subtract those calories from the food you're giving your pet because you're going to end up making your pet very obese. And it's a major problem in the pet industry because there are so many treats out there. So you really have to counter 
balance what you're giving them for treats and what you're giving them for food and make sure you, that the calories don't override what they should be. You know what? I would think also you don't have a really, make sure, that, and I'm sure your treat dispensers do this, make sure you don't have a treat dispenser that your pet can take apart and um, indulge <laughs> themselves. Can you tell that's happened to me before? Um, I yes. had one that was like a, kind of like a gumball machine, the old-fashioned gumball machines. Sure. And once my fur kid figured out how to do it, I thought, okay, this isn't a good idea because she just went through about 20 servings of treats. And other than crashing into this, the only other thing I could do is put it away, and which meant in another room because if I just put it up someplace, she would jump up and try to get it. So that's another thing to keep in mind, I guess. Don't keep a, something like that in front of your pet so they could just help themselves and, and get out of control. Kind of like how pet parents can do the same for them, you know. <laughs> keep it away. Exactly. You, you just don't. Most of the pet toys out on the market and the treat dispensers, again, aren't meant to be left alone with your pets. Because if they're medium to high chores and strong chores, they want what's in that. And if they can't get to it, they'll chew it and break it open to get to it. And you're only asking for problems. I think a lot of the products probably have the warnings on them. So always check the warnings before you, you let your pet play with anything when you're not around to supervise it. Okay, I have one last question for you. And this is something I hear over and over out there. And we touched on it a little, but what should a pet parent do if they have heavy chewers? Because I've had products on my show that I've, you know, gifted and donated. And then I've heard, guess what? That was supposed to be for super chewers. And my, my pooch just chewed right through it. So what should people look for if they have heavy chewers out there that will be something that is going to last for their fur kid? Well, my problem is when I deal with pet parents or pet company executives or other designers, I'm brutally honest. And I sit on the design board of advisors for Bow Wow Labs, and we're working on products right now that are safe. I don't think there's anything out there right now that's totally indestructible. And I'm not even sure that a product can be made that's totally indestructible because you start talking some of the bigger breeds with a very strong jaws. It, it's pretty tough to make something that can't be busted up eventually. So I, I think the best thing to do is read reviews, always supervise your pet, at least during the first three or four times you give them the product and see how they're reacting to it and see how the product is holding up. And if it's holding up good, you can feel good about letting them play with it a little bit unsupervised. But I don't know of a product right now on the market that I would feel comfortable leaving a big chore with unsupervised 100% of the time. Well, that's a good, honest answer because there's um, there's a lot of products out there that say they're indestructible. And I always think, you know, really, there are some dogs that have amazing jaw strength. I don't know. So that's real, a really good answer. Randy, where can we find more info about you and about your inventions and about those new nail clippers that are coming up? 
All right. Well, if you follow Bow Wow Labs on their website, you'll see some of my products that'll be on their website soon. But you can find out more about me and the products that I have. And if, if you have an invention ideas or you have a product that you want reviewed, I'm very good at reviewing pet products and helping inventors. I work with inventors every single week. Um, I met with an inventor yesterday. I'm meeting with a father and son tomorrow to discuss a product. But they can find me at Randy, R-A-N-D-Y, Jack, J-A-C-K dot com, RandyJack.com. Okay, Randy, thank you so much again for coming on Best Vets for Pets and sharing all of your information on inventions and your just all of your great tips and ideas. Thank you so much. Thanks, Michelle. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, that was super interesting. I've had a lot of products on Best Bets for Pets. I think I think it's over 200 <laughs> products. And it's interesting to hear about it from the inventor's point of view, what they look at and how, you know, is it going to be engaged with, you know, the fur kid. And some great tips for when pet parents are buying their fur kids some toys. I'd like to thank my guest, Randy Jack, for coming on Best Bets for Pets. Thanks to my crew, Okay, there are seven of them. Dennis, Molly, Charlotte, the doggies, Mr. Z and Nikki, and my other two community cats that we take care of, and not just by feeding. <laughs> Sammy and Jethro, the couple, the feline couple. And thanks to everyone listening to Best Bets for Pets and letting me know what you want to hear, what you want to find, and what you love out there. And yes, I am still searching for the best clippers and I can't wait for Randy's to come out. And lastly, huge thanks to my producer, genius Mark Winter, for making me and my guests sound so great. And thanks to my audience, everybody listening, all of the pet parents out there for making Best Bets for Pets one of the top pet product shows out there. We've done so many shows and I still have people emailing after, let's see, we've been on the air about close to nine years and I having people ask, you know, where can I find this? What's this? Is this the best one? Why don't you do a show on this? Thanks for keeping me on my toes. Keep listening. We'll be back with a lot more great shows. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.